Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. Today we are here recording episode 85. We are very excited to bring you an episode about body language and different hand gestures in different countries around the world and obviously in the United States as well. And this episode is for you, one, if you are on the journey to become a polyglot, two, if you're going to be traveling in the near future and uh, need to know what you can and cannot do regarding body language and gestures in other countries, and three, if you're just curious, what are some common norms that we may have in the United States that might uh, rub some people the wrong way in some different countries? So we're looking forward to bringing this fun episode with you, uh, I guess, to you, and uh I'm curious to see what information Jared has for me today. I always learn something new from him. So without further ado, my good buddy Jared. What's going on, Jared? Hey there, buddy. Right off the bat, everyone, please follow us. Instagram, Untranslatable Podcast. Uh, check it out. Don, our social media ambassador, is getting in on that goodness, and he's a great photographer, and he thinks he's funny, so that's great. Uh, <laughs> spread a little love. You can also follow us on Twitter, Untranslatable1, the number one. I retweet things. Like a Kyle Corver's uh, story on privilege, I post a song of the pod, which you can also find on our YouTube song of the pod playlist, and uh, I post episodes and just other things that come to my mind. Or email us on translatablepodcast at gmail You can tell us all sorts of stuff on translatables, travel stories, topic ideas. Just tell us what's up. Don't tell us you love us there. Save that for the five star reviews. Uh, and now my sister knows we do this podcast. She's here this weekend. So, hey, everyone, don't follow, don't, don't embarrass me and uh, give us some five-star reviews. Spread a little if love. Also, if you don't, that, <laughs> if you don't watch us on uh, YouTube, I was trying to say F you in, uh, with my hand movements. Uh, you, you familiar with this one? You, have you seen, you know, what that's yep. from? Okay, oh, yeah. that's from Friends. I was doing yep. the thing where you, like, uh, knock your two fists together. Doesn't it mean, like, it, poop or something? I think it just means F you. Like Ross Does used it? to always do it okay. to uh, Monica and stuff. Okay. Um, and by the way, as I mentioned, if you look on our, well, you've, this, the time has already passed, but if you saw on our uh, Instagram story, I was on the hunt for a language buddy this weekend. Didn't go as planned. Let me ask with you. So I went to the German, uh, lang- or the German Society of Pennsylvania, which is down the street from me, realized I don't think they really, um, I don't, you can't just walk in. <laughs> <laughs> I walked up to the what I thought was the front door. It was locked. And I saw these old ladies leaving from the side, so I started walking around. And boy, was I getting some looks. So I just got out of there. <laughs> okay. They're like, what is this black boy doing here? He's probably going <laughs> to oh, rob geez. us all. Um, I did not rob all of them, just two of them. Um, <laughs> so that didn't go as planned. I don't know if I can just walk in there like that. Um but I did sign up for the Philly uh, Philly AIDS thrift, but uh, I haven't heard back because I just did it the other day. So I'll get back to you on that one. Um, other than that, uh, you know, turning this unemployment into fun employment still. I noticed that you, Chad, uh, went to a uh, hockey game over the weekend. Yes, the sir. Homotov Parati's biggest bad luck charm. <laughs> I, apparently, man, because the street we can- lost again. <laughs> We lost again. Slipping on gator piss. You just need to stop going. You're really... Uh... Yeah, so I've been to, I think, seven or eight games, and they've won one, I think, one, maybe two games. Okay. All the other ones they've lost. Uh, however, they've also lost quite a few when I haven't been there, so mm. I don't feel as big of a curse. Right. But here's the wild thing. So I went with a, with a good friend of mine who's actually the husband of a colleague of mine at school, uh, they're both fantastic, 
And so I go there and I and I ask him, oh yeah, who are we playing? You know, I've been out of the the Pirati hockey loop here in Komutov for a while. I haven't been to any games. Partly because I did feel slightly like a bad luck charm, for sure. <laughs> uh, but the wild thing was, so they were actually playing a relegation game. So uh, up up for, uh, you know, big stakes, basically, for our non-sports fans listeners, a relegation game is basically where if the team is doing really bad that season and they're at the bottom of the league, if they lose the relegation games to the other teams, they get bumped down to the second league. And sadly, it looks like Pirati will be going that way, unfortunately. But what's even crazier, though, is they played the Czech team Kladno. And Kladno is a town, um, it's near Prague. But that's not what's interesting about Kladno. The crazy thing about Kladno is that Jaromir Jagr, who is the most famous Czech hockey player, I think, in the world, owns the club and also plays for them. And he still plays for them when he's 47 years old. Man, well, I mean, if he owns he, it, he can play as long as he wants. <laughs> he he looked older than the referees, man. I kid you not. But here's the crazy thing about Jager. He scored the game winner to beat Komutov. They were tied mm. 1-1, and then he got a pass uh, kind of mid-ice, you know, mid skated up, and I, I just had this bad feeling. I saw him skate up. The dude's really tall, is just an imposing figure in general. Got a really long, uh, long hockey stick as well, and that's don't mean that in any other any other ways I'm to be interpreted. Really, I knew you were going to go there. I t- definitely was. I'm like, damn, he added hockey in there. I can't make my stupid yep. penis jokes. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I saw him once he skated past the blue line. I was like, oh shit, this might be a goal. And he mm. had a great move, as we say in English. He uh, juked the goalie out of his jock strap, uh, <laughs> broke his before. ankles, as they say in basketball. <laughs> And, and uh, scored well. exactly so so yeah so that's unfortunate but it was still a great time being at the game and so i don't know if i've told you this jared i think i did maybe the last episode but i'm going a month without alcohol mm-hmm. um and so i was a little worried going to the hockey game because as i've told you and our listeners before generally people drink at these hockey games right right so I go there and I find out my friend who I went with, well, one, he was driving. So that means he could have had maximum one beer anyways. But I found out he's actually taking a break from alcohol as well. Your so new then best I was friend. Like, I was like, whew, okay, good. <laughs> Don't have to worry about it. But then another one of his friends met up with us and he buys a beer and he goes, can I buy you a beer? And I'm like, no, like, thank you. I'm taking. And dude, I don't get it. A lot of the Czech people who I've told I'm taking a break from alcohol for a month, they're like, what, why? What? But but beer is healthy. What what are you doing? Do they really think beer is healthy? Yeah. What do they I, What do they consider I healthy? Think a, I think I think a beer one beer isn't going to kill you. Yeah, but that's different than saying is it's healthy. That's like saying eating McDonald's once won't kill you, but it's certainly not healthy. Right. It, I don't know, man. It's a great question, and sadly, I don't have the answer to it. But um, I have to say though, he was less persuasive than a lot of other people who, I, when I've told them this, they they really are like. Oh, just 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 have one beer, you know. Mm-hmm. We'll just we'll just have one, and it's like, what is so difficult about understanding <laughs> one month? That's it. Once once it's like May second, we're good, right? You know what's right. what's the big deal? But yeah, it seems so, like yeah. they almost are like offended. It's mm-hmm. like, uh, how dare you? <laughs> right. Well, as as I may have shared on the podcast, I think obviously this is a very broad and sweeping generalization, but from what I've heard from a lot of the Czech people I've spoken with. The three main things that they tend to be proud of are their beer, 
they're ice hockey, and they're beautiful ladies. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. all three of those things are absolutely fantastic. Damn good things to be proud of, without a doubt. But hey, just because I'm taking a month off of drinking doesn't mean I dislike Czech beer. Yeah. On the contrary. That's very true. Um, so, yeah. But uh, interesting. Also, uh, going back to the, the German society, is there like a contact person you could email or something? Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do. Uh, I, I haven't I haven't looked into that. That's a good, that's a good thing to think about. But as you said that, uh, that's probably what I'll do because uh, they do have a website and there's a contact on there. So I'll just ask. I'll do that. I was excited to go in there. Though. I want to see what it looked like in there. Right. But I guarantee you it's probably only open dur- when they have like events and stuff. I betcha. I guess so. Yeah, I guess I don't know what I was expecting it to be. But right. oh, they have something. I'm actually looking at the website. They do have something called Buch Club, which is German for book club. Oh, I should have started on this website. They also have Conversationsabend, which is German for conversation night. Conversationsabend. Uh, mind with my German skills here. Granted, I'm looking at a picture. They are drinking beer. But the youngest person in this picture seems to be 172. There you go. Uh, so so um, uh, conversation, Conversationsabend. One of the regular events at the German Society of Pennsylvania is the Conversationsabend, which takes place every second Wednesday of the month, eight times per year, February through May and September through December, always from 6 to 8 p.m. Our traditional venue is the Ratzkeller at the Society. A group of about 20 people meet for an evening of pleasant and stimulating conversation in German. The conversation center on a given theme, usually with a speaker who provides a brief introduction, which is followed by open discussions and Interesting. The theme covers wide ranges of interest, reflecting the diversity of the group. Uh, yeah, real, real diverse looking group <laughs> from this picture I'm looking at here. Uh, Slipping on gator pits. I knew you were going to say that. Uh, well, it's because it's true. I'm yeah, looking at I, the pictures. I'm sure. They're all probably old white people, am I right? Of course. Um, mm-hmm. I have a friend, uh, she speaks Spanish, and she, has, she goes to like a conversations group. Mm-hmm. And um, she goes to one that's like a group of people like that as well. And she said she doesn't really like it. She'd rather have like a more one-on-one situation because it's hard to really get, you know, to, to talk if there's so many people in the right. group. And, and like, see, even that's if you can, my concern with you is mm. going to these groups. I could see you sitting there and listening, and that's, that's great. It's right. really good practice to listen, but I, but I can me, understand. Me, I need to. Yep. I need to say it, speak it, right. And he, here's the thing: I think you should use this conversationsabend to be a springboard into get to know a couple of people. I don't care if they are 172 years old. <laughs> you know, I would I would try to talk to them and be like, look, you know, I you know tell the, tell them your story, how you studied in Austria, you lived in Dusseldorf, all that stuff. And just say, look, I'm planning on coming to the Conversationsabend, but I'm also looking for some conversation partners where we could meet maybe once a week, mm-hmm. have some coffee or a beer. And, you know, you could even, I mean, one thing that I would do, I guess, if I were in your shoes, would invite the person and be like, look, I'll even buy your tea or your coffee or your beer for you as an mm-hmm. extra incentive um, you know, if they're 172, maybe they won't be as uh, as keen on that. <laughs> or your but, prune you know, juice, right? Right. Oh, if terrible. <laughs> if uh, if somebody if somebody said to me, yeah, Chad, if you want, if you know, I really want to speak English. Can I, you know, you know, buy you a beer or a coffee or whatever? I'd be like, you know what? 
I probably would have said yes anyways, but now that there's even like a free little drink on top of it, why mm-hmm. not? There was actually one on March 8th that you would have loved. Schumann, Plums, and Klacha Vik. I don't know who that is. Uh, a Faithful Encounter. So I assume they're talking about music there. Classical oh, that would have been fascinating. Sort. And there was one actually two days ago. A guided tour through the maze of German grammar. That one I'm kind of okay with with missing. That sounds kind of boring. Right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so... Um, I wonder uh, who tends to facilitate these and, and is the speaker. I'm sure there's some sort of member of the society that puts it together. Do, and, you, uh, do you know, is there a fee? Uh, according to the website... Uh, like you don't have to be a member, you, you can just drop in and speak German? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, special expertise, preferences of the speakers, members of the group, others teach at local overseas universities. The group welcomes newcomers from all backgrounds. Those who would say, oh, that's me. I'm from all backgrounds. Those who simply, <laughs> yes, would simply like to speak German as well as those who wish to practice and improve their language proficiency in a relaxed and sympathetic environment. Oh, excuse me, relaxed environment of sympathetic native and non-native speakers. It doesn't say anything. So I assume if it doesn't okay. say anything, I mean, I'm just going to show up, see what happens. Right. Yeah, you might as well. Rolling with that Austrian jacket, though, bro. For real. Oh, for sure. I'm For sure. That seems that seems very fitting. Um, if you need my parents to overnight you a pair of lederhosen, let me know. <laughs> they might think I'm like making fun of them or something. That's true. That might be a little too extreme. Save that for the <laughs> Oktoberfest meeting. That's true. Uh, but yeah, so... Um, the the hunt for for language buddies still continues, but um, I did do it, and I definitely had to. Uh, I couldn't not come back here without having uh, having done something, right? Because it's and so easy for me not, also to just not to do anything, right? Believe it or not, I actually saw on it was either I think it was our Instagram, wasn't it? On our story, you posted it. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I even saw that. So how good, about, good how job, about that? Chad? You saw something on our own Instagram. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Were you were literally just bragging that you looked at our own Instagram? <laughs> yes, sir. Because because you, you always love to shit on me. There, I never know what's going on on our well, social you don't. media. <laughs> I mean, usually I don't. You're right. But it's it's yeah. It was funny though. You mentioned that because I was going to bring up and ask you how that how that went there. So I'm glad you I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that. Yeah, it was. It's not really open like that, apparently. Which I guess makes right. sense now that I think yeah. about it. Well, yeah, because they'd have to have somebody there twenty four or not twenty four seven, but you know, nine to five or whenever their hours would be. And yeah, I'm I guess assuming. I, well, I guess ahead. I figured there'd be some sort of like desk or something, you know, like front desk. Right. Yeah. Once again, though, they'd either that'd be either volunteer basis or they'd have to right. pay somebody. Exactly. So yeah. So Jared, do you remember what I had shared with you the last time we met? What mm. challenge I was going to give myself. Mm. Hmm. Looks like you're not the only one paying attention <laughs> or not paying attention, shall I say? <laughs> so it's related to music. <laughs> related to music. Um, oh, the Beatles. Yeah, you're going to learn a Beatles song. So not, not only a song, but uh, once a month, try to learn a new album. Either, oh, either, I didn't know either you meant front, a- yeah, either front to back, like the first track oh, to the wow. last one, or... All the I know it's I know it's a cheap cop out, but all the songs I like. Because here's mm-hmm. the thing, I think you know, you, like yeah, there were times when I was studying music where I played music I didn't really like, and I had to do it because I was studying it. Now because I'm not studying it and I'm just doing it for the pure love and enjoyment of it, I don't really see a need to learn songs I don't like. Right? Yeah, I mean that makes so, sense. Mm-hmm. So on Revolver, I think there I don't remember how many tracks are, but there's a few of them not I'm not a huge fan of. 
So I'll probably skip over those. Um, but I've already started to learn, I believe it's the first track on the album. It's called Taxman. Mm-hmm. So I started to learn that. Um, and it's and it's really cool because it's it's more or less a bunch of funky, funky chords. Um, but I have to say the guitar solo is really difficult. So so we'll see we'll see how that goes. And this weekend I've just been hanging out here at my apartment uh, here in Komutov, and I've basically been playing guitar all weekend. Meant to change nice. my strings, didn't get around to it, but maybe I'll do it after we record today. Who knows? How can you? Is it just like a tedious process? Not not really. The only problem is, so I would change the strings on my acoustic, and depending on the type of acoustic you have, um, the way you have to change the strings might be differently. So mm. on a steel string, you have these things called bridge pins that basically you put the string down and, and you use the bridge pin to kind of anchor it in place. Uh-huh. And so in order to take the strings off, you have to pop up the bridge pins, right? And you need a special tool for that. I have a cheap tool for it, but it doesn't quite fit the bridge pins very well. So you have to really kind of yank them up. And so I may wait until I go to a music shop and just buy a different little tool for that and then change my strings. It still sounds all right. I'm just noticing the tone's a little bit more dead than I'm used to with them. So so we'll see. How can you tell when it's time to change it? Is it like um, like it doesn't stay in tune as long or something like that? Actually, well, my experience with guitars is usually if they're if the strings are on for a long time, usually they stay in tune pretty well because they're fairly stretched out. Mm. It's when you first put on strings, you actually have to physically stretch the strings in order to uh, keep them in tune. And that's why they go out of tune because they're not stretched yet. Um, but but the difference is um, they just feel kind of dead. The tone isn't quite there. They're not as bright. Um, and sometimes the strings get really, really old. They get rusty, you know, because yeah. it is metal. Right, right, right. Um, but my strings aren't that old. I try to change them depending on how much I play. Um, if I'm playing a lot, maybe once a month. If I'm not playing that much, maybe once every other month or three months or so. Can we talk about real quick? Mm-hmm. The uh, we, you, and I have started our jam session. Uh, mm-hmm. We tried to do mm-hmm. it uh, at you know in real time, and that was quite the technical headache. <laughs> it was. Uh, Can so you, you describe a- what we had to do? We, well, I don't even know, but we had to essentially, we tried to, like, we couldn't get it so we could talk to each other and hear our instruments at the same time. So we thought we were clever by using both Skype and FaceTime simultaneously, using FaceTime for our instruments and Skype for our voices, but that did not really work. Now, I have my fourth jam track here, and I want to play it, and while I'm playing it, I want to give you, I want you to critique it for me. Okay. All right. Need that? Sure. So this is you on the guitar, obviously. Yeah. This is making me very uncomfortable already because I'm very self-conscious about uh, my playing. I really like. I'm like sweating over here. <laughs> I've it's never good. Been, I've no, never no been happier to be that, that no one listens to our podcast than right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
our listeners in, in over 10 different countries might uh, have <laughs> yeah. for sure. Hey! Right. <laughs> All right. Feel free to toggle. We can put it low. Okay. So, so first of all, so Jared has sent me this. That was his, that was the fourth one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, the the first one, I'm gonna be. I I don't mean to rip you new in here, Jared. The first one was all over the place. Mm-hmm. I really like the second one you had. Okay. The third one was even better. This one is pretty good. You like one, the third though, one more? I, I think, as I, I told you earlier, I would somehow like you to synthesize the third one and the fourth one. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, so first of all, it was funny, though. It was either the second or the third one. The piano came in really hot. Like, I could barely yeah. hear anything. Now, I think you need to turn the piano up a little. Uh, I thought you might say that. I think I did that almost out of, like, I was self-conscious. Not about it being too loud, because I noticed that, too. Just about my playing, you know? That's fair. That's fair. So, all right. So here, can we can we do this now? I think the easiest way for us to discuss this is I'd like you to play a passage. I'll, I'll put my finger up like this to stop, and then we'll discuss it. So our listeners can also, because you know it's it's over. I think it's like what forty seconds of music 20. or so. A minute, a minute and twenty. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's a minute twenty of music. That's a lot to talk about and break down. So so let's start off. Play it. I'll put my finger up when I want you to stop it, and we'll discuss it. Sound good? All right. All right. I like this part right here. This is actually my favorite part before I come in. (laughs) Okay. So I don't know if it's because of the quietness of the piano or what, but I felt like there was a really long gap in the Mm -hmm. melody. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was because I couldn't hear the piano or if you didn't play. No, I didn't play. I played like that first, then nothing for a bit. Besides okay. for that, just like baseline. Right. Duh, so, duh. so I would say the, the first thing is there needs to be a little bit more connectivity because you okay. only play a couple notes. If you want to establish a melody, I personally think there should be, you could repeat that phrase that you started with mm-hmm. or bring the phrase up or bring it up and back down or even down and up. Something like this, uh, I think would uh, catch the listener's ear because when I hear that, and then I hear piano, and then I don't hear it other than the bass line. I'm like, what What happened? Did, mm-hmm. did the piano player fall over? What, what happened? What's, <laughs> what's going on here? And so so that would be, I guess, my first little critique would be continue with the melody because it's... Now, if this was like the middle of our little jam track, I would say, sure, leave some space. But because it's the very beginning, mm. I think it's good to establish that melody. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, that I really like is that you didn't come in right at the beginning. You let the groove go, so that kind of gets the listener into it. It's a nice little, I wouldn't really call it an intro, but just kind of a groove, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, okay, so good. So, all right, so hit play again. Let's let's keep listening. Okay, so that part I really like. I think I think well, that's base, what you just that's kind of what you just mentioned that I should do earlier. Is right. The so you could even scoot right. So you could even scoot that back. You know. Right. So you play that little phrase and then you play that. Um, uh, yeah. Now the the one thing though, I think if there's a way for you to record this, so you know you're using a keyboard. So I wonder, could you? Um, you really are sweating bullets, aren't you? 
Um, (laughs) Watch us on YouTube. (laughs) Right? Um, So if there's a way you could make the keyboard, if there's an effect where you can make it sound like a bass. Because right now it just sounds like the bass being played on a piano, which is okay. But I think if you could make it sound like an upright bass or an electric bass or whatever, would give it a slightly different texture. Because I I could probably do it in GarageBand. But uh, they just all sound so like computery to me, you know. Like, well, no, no. What I'm saying is, I don't know what kind of keyboard you have, but at least the keyboard I have back at my parents, you can like click through the settings, and there's like a bass sound. Right, right, right. And it doesn't yeah. sound. Uh, well, mine doesn't have a lot of settings on it, though. Okay, as far I as see, that, that goes. And there is like a bass one, but it doesn't sound like a bass at all to me. Oh, gotcha. Okay, then scratch that. But yeah, so I like that melody though. It, we're starting to get somewhere with it. So, so hit play again. Let's keep going. Yeah, this is good. Okay, stop it. So, I like that as well. I like how it goes up. There are two things you could do with that. You could keep the keep the phrase ascending or going up. Do, 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 do. Kind of like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, though, I think that melody is really good. I think it has a nice sound to it. Um, I also think you're, I don't know if you were uh, thinking of this when you were writing this, but I think you were uh, also doing writing. a good job out- outlining Hilarious. the chords. Uh, oh, thanks. Or jamming to it. Uh, what I did like also mm-hmm. is I did those, I did the bass line, the dun-chin, I did those in separate parts. So I did that first, and then I went right. back and added the uh, all the tire stuff after. Right. That's smart. That's really smart. Good. So So that part's solid. So keep it going. Also good. Can you pause it? So there, what might be kind of nice would be add thirds or fifths so you have some harmony with it. Mm-hmm. That would sound pretty cool, I think, with that part. Okay. Um, yeah, other, other than I think adding a couple... Um, you know, things to harmonize on it or even build a chord on top of it would be pretty cool. Um, but otherwise, I think it's good. Um, there's a couple spots that seem like they are a little bit out of time. Yeah, um, for sure. And I, th- and I think that's probably just because you're improvising, which is normal. You know, mm-hmm. when I'm improvising, I'm playing guitar. It's definitely not always on beat or on time. So I think that's fine. Uh, all right, keep going, though. Okay, stop it. So I, th- I like that little sequence you had there, that phrase. Mm-hmm. I think what you could do is make that phrase even longer and keep going up and then bring it back down to where you had it. Okay. That might be kind of cool as well. Not that the phrase afterwards sounds bad. I just think there might be more connectivity. There's more to you... it. Yeah. So keep going. All right. Hold on. Let me go back a little bit because I, mi- I went... Yeah, I like that part. There you go. You got the little harmony in there. Yeah, I got the harmony in there. Good. Okay, so the last little thing I would do. I don't know how so, to end it, too. That, that so, is a hard yeah, part. Yeah. So, That's why so, I just let you end it. And I <laughs> right. So what I would do, I like the fact that you hit the keys before the guitar ends. Mm-hmm. But I think what you should do 
is when time it so when the guitar hits that mm, I think it's a uh, I think it's either I think it's an A minor chord. I could be wrong. Um, I but think it is. I think it is. It I probably should an, be because if it starts in A minor, it should end in right. A minor, shouldn't it? In theory, you could probably end it in C too, if you, C major, if you really wanted. Mm -hmm. um, but what would be cool is if you um, ended it as well on a on an A minor chord, and I would suggest either an A minor seventh, A minor ninth, or if you want to get really funky, A minor sharp eleven or A minor thirteen. All Those right, relax. are some fancy <laughs> jazz chords. <laughs> But I think the thir the thirteenth chord has a cool kind of ending sound to it. Uh -huh. um, at least it does on guitar. I'm sure it would on piano as well. That was cool though. We might have to do more jams like this and talk about them on the pod. I would love to hear what some of our listeners have to think about our jam as well. Don't rip us to shreds too much. It was our first ever jam. I think Jerry did a fantastic job. Let us know what you think. Untranslatable podcast at gmail.com. Would there be a way, Jared, that we could also um I mean, you're welcome to toy with it more before we post it, but this would be an interesting thing also to pop on our Instagram because it's short enough, right? Uh, it's a minute twenty. It needs to be a minute, but I can cut. I can cut it a little bit and okay. play around with it. Uh, are you sure? It, are you sure you can't have stuff longer than a minute? I think they can be longer than a minute now. Jared, listen, <laughs> listen to Chad. Listen to Chad talking like he knows what the f he's talking about. No, it has to. There is like IGTV kind of thing, but like just in a normal post. It can't it be longer be. than a minute. Uh huh. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Um. And if you want, you know, we not that if we could also sometimes like an episode come in with those as like our intro songs. Change oh, up the sure. intro song every now and again. Yeah, I think we should. I tell you what, man. I'm going to be having a lot of music coming your way and our listeners' way. Hopefully, once I'm back in Michigan, because I'll have all my actual equipment. And um, free time. A lot of free time too. Exactly. I. It was funny. I was Facetime with my parents today for a bit. And, you know, they asked me what my plans were for the summer when I came back. And I was like, you know what? Other than seeing my friends and spending time with my parents, playing the shit out of all my guitars once I get mm. home is the, is the, the main do like, goal. Do you miss them? You miss your other guitars? Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> I miss my classicals, my electrics, all my amps and stuff. Without a doubt. I'm sure all of our listeners uh, who are musicians out there can, can relate to that as well. Um, but yeah, but I think you did a great job, Jared. Um, Thank I, you. I don't think my guitar playing is perfect either. Um, I think the timing could be a little bit tighter. Um, but I was trying to set kind of a laid back vibe, as my as my Steam podcasting shirt says, laid back vibes, and this those is, were the vibes I was trying to give. Not like your official podcast uniform that you're wearing right now. You look like a cartoon character on this podcast. <laughs> That's the plan. That's the goal. I mean, if you look at our logo, I have already been cartoonized or cartoonicized uh, or whatever the right word is. So. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, all right, so enough of me sweating through my shirt. Let's uh, spread a little love. Let's do it. Let's do it. So I guess the first one I'd like to give, uh, since we're on the topic of music, um, our uh, esteemed inspiration for On the Road Again, Mr. Willie Nelson has rescued mm. 70 horses from slaughterhouses to roam on his ranch in Texas. Oh, nice. On the road again. Shut out. That's 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 cool. right. That's so, right. So thank you. Yeah, go ahead. Seven horses get slaughtered? I mean, I, that that's what I was wondering too. Um I don't know I don't know why they do get slaughtered, but apparent apparently, yeah. Hmm. Um I thought it was only like an old racehorse or something like that that would Yeah, see, I don't know. I guess they might uh, maybe they I don't think they're slaughtered for food purposes but i could be wrong i, I don't think 
horse is a mass-produced meat like that. But I, I wonder if they slaughter them for the use of their hides or their bones or something. Mm. They do use, like, don't they use, like, hooves for glue to make glue or something like that? Do they? I have no idea. Okay. I have absolutely no idea. But, yeah, but I think that's really great that uh, Willie Nelson has uh, saved 70 horses, uh, and now they are safe and happy at his ranch, which they call Luck Ranch, um, out in Texas, Mm -hmm. uh, about 30 miles away from Austin, Texas. Um, so yeah, so, so big ups to Willie and also his family. They, they, it seems like they really do a lot to give back in terms of, um, animals and different things like that. And he was also a big, uh, instrumental part of, um, live, uh, not live aid, uh, farm aid, which, uh, gave a lot of money to farmers in need. So thank you, Willie Nelson for being just a great all around human being. Yeah. And one of my absolute favorite uh, country stars out there as well. My next shout out goes out to South Korea. So South Korea in the past used to recycle 2% of its food waste. What percentage, Jared, do you think that uh, South Korea now recycles? 15. 95% of food Ooh, waste. That's a big jump. South Korea is recycled. Okay. Uh, so I think that's absolutely fantastic. And they are the leading country in the world right now um, in terms of recycling um, food waste. Now, I'm not 100% sure what exactly goes into this. I don't know if right. by recycling they mean composting or what. Um, but in 2005, kind of a fun fact, dumping food in landfills was banned. And in 2013, the government introduced compulsory food waste recycling using special biodegradable bags. An average four-person uh, family pays $6 a month for the bags, a fee that helps encourage home composting. So there you go. The bag charges also meet 60% of the cost of running this program, which, as I said, increased the amount of food waste recycled from 2% in 95 to 95% today. The government has approved the use of recycled food waste as fertilizer, although some becomes animal feed. So there you go. And they also use these really interesting smart bins. Um, And in Seoul, there is 6,000 automated bins equipped with scales and radio frequency identification, which weigh food waste as it's deposited and charge residents using an ID card. The pay-as-you-recycle machines have reduced food waste in the city by 47,000 tons in six years. Damn. So Yeah. So they so they have to take their compost to a certain spot, and they get charged for how much it weighs, essentially incentivizing people to bring less is what you're getting at. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I remember when I lived in Germany, we had, uh, you know, they have the three bins, or yep. four, three or four. I think and it might be four in some places, but yeah. I think mine, we had like a general one and then one that was yellow, which I think was like um, was like batteries and plastics and stuff like that. And like, mm-hmm. uh, and then another one, was, and then the third one was brown, which was the compost. And uh, we definitely, we composted when I lived in Germany. Then as soon as we came back to America, we stopped. <laughs> yep. I think that's a story that a lot of Americans have. Which is I why mean, I, I think s- it's important to, uh, do the in- to, in- to incentivize it because, you know, clearly- Absolutely. Like my family had no problem with doing it. It was just there's no reason there was quote unquote no reason for us to do it once we were back in Michigan in the US. Right. Right. And I separate all my garbage here in the Czech Republic. And it's and it's no problem. Uh we really should do it in the States, but you're you're hundred percent right, Jared. The fact that it's not um incentivized 
And for, for my parents, uh, before now they actually do have a recycling truck that comes by. But before that, my parents would have had to drive about five to 10 miles mm-hmm. um, just to drop off their recycling. And it's like, what busy person in their right minds are actually going to do that? You would hope right. environmentally conscious people that we all should be should be doing this. But the truth of the matter is, sadly, we don't. Speaking of the environment, my next shout out goes out to the country of Chile, which is leading the electric vehicle charge in Latin America. Hmm. So uh, there was a massive cargo ship docked in the Chilean port of San Antonio at the end of November, which carried the first 100 electric buses from China. The Chileans, I I have no idea, probably. Probably. um, uh, From China that Chileans will help revolutionize their public transport. Uh, Chile's ambitious plan to face down its capital, Santiago's notorious smog problem, includes the rollout of electronic scooters, cars and taxis, as well as lorries for use in the mining industry. So I think it's... (coughs) <coughs> excuse me i think it's fantastic that in chile they are um once again kind of incentivizing the use of electric cars with more having more charging ports um than any other south american country currently so i think that's absolutely fantastic for sure uh and keep up the good work chile i think it's hard for some countries to do it in latin america or south america specifically because brazil has such a large natural gas and oil uh uh, uh, market there, right? Which, uh, so does Venezuela of, too, right? I'm not sure. I I know Brazil does, but I'm not sure about Venezuela. And so I think it's there's also an incentive for people not to go electric because right. certain fuels can be pr- rather cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, you know, I, it's cool to see that people, in spite of that, are are recognizing the benefits of this. And uh, I I I think we need more of this. I love that. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Jerry, do you happen to have the time by chance? Mm, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> a quarter past untranslatable o'clock. <laughs> oh, perfect. Just on time. <laughs> Untranslatables are idioms, sayings, phrases, proverbs from all around the world in different languages. We translate them to English, and usually when we do, at least the point, is that the literal translation makes no sense. However, it actually means something. So I'll start. My first one is Bengali. And it is casta uh, na karale kesta mele na, and that means do not match the painkiller. We have an untranslatable, very popular here in the uh, in the United States. The that, taste um, of your own medicine. No, but you're on the right track. That might have just confused by saying you're on the right track. Think about um, you and I talk a lot about um, exercising. Mm-hmm. And something that we always like about no our No pain, no gain. There you go. There you go. All right. All mm-hmm. right. Okay. Do not mash the painkiller. So I think that's saying like, what are they saying? Like, don't try to, don't try to fight the pain. Essentially, is what they're getting at. It's Maybe. Like, accept yeah. it. Seems like it. Yeah, that would make yeah. sense. I like. I do like. I do like like feeling sore after a good workout. You know, it feels like you did something. Right. For sure. Well, I have uh, a couple. I have three of them for you today. Two are Thai, one is Czech. I'm going to start with the Thai oh, one. I have a Thai one too. How crazy is that? Nice. So my Thai one was uh, inspired by our uh, Song of the Pod artist, which we'll get to later. But here we mm. go. Kongkwian, Kamkwian, which means cartwheel, cart spokes. Hmm. Cartwheel, cart spokes? Mm-hmm. 
When I say cartwheel, I don't mean like a cartwheel. I mean like a cart, the wheel of uh, a cart. That, see, that makes a yeah. lot more yep. sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay. For our listeners out there, a cartwheel is like a, it's kind of like a somersault or like a, it's a gymnastic move. Yeah, um, yeah, But yeah. I mean cartwheel like the wheel of a cart. Cartwheel cart spokes. It's like I need the whole story or something like nope. that, where it's like a nope. cartwheel. We we have an we have an untranslatable in English that oh if I say this Don't I think it will give it away. Don't put the horse before the carriage. Nope. Oh, nope. So nope. proud of myself too. We, we have a we have an untranslatable, kind of similar in English. It, uh, uh, if I think if I say it, I'm going to give it away. Um, Can you give me a clue or of some sort? Because I'm, well, I'm I'm at a loss. So 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 cart a cart wheel, and. I guess cart spokes are, are are on something that is round. What goes around comes around? I knew it would give it away, but you're right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, basically what one does will be returned by karma. So what goes around comes around. Mm. Oh, so it's saying like what the wheel does, the spoke will do too, essentially. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'll do my tie one since he just did one. Kichang Jap Duck Ga Ditian. I'm sure I said that last word wrong, but... Let's not even concern ourselves with that. Um, riding an elephant to catch a grasshopper. So that's just like doing something that makes no sense, right? Doing something incredibly illogical? Mm, kind of. Kind of. Let me, let's put it this way. Sometimes I feel like I feel this way when I do all this podcast stuff that I do. <laughs> so doing a lot for a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, a person who puts in a lot of effort to achieve something ins- insignificant. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, <laughs> I am here to tell you it's not insignificant. <laughs> All right, Jared. My next, I'll give you another Taiwan. Klompenluk manau, which means round as a lime. Round as round a lime. Round as a lime. Round as a lime. Hmm. What goes wrong? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good, wouldn't it? Uh, I have no that idea. That would be interesting to do an episode of similar meaning untranslatables. Might be really difficult, but that would be interesting. I think uh, it, it's harder to do that. Like, like sometimes I, I find some that are similar, but it's harder to, to like plan for that. You know? Right. Oh, for like sure. It's usually more of a coincidence where I was like, oh, this one also means the devil's beating his wife, for example. Right. That was so funny when we were in Berlin um, talking yeah. to Matthias and how he blew his talked mind. about that. Blew mine as well. I mentioned uh, I talked about Matthias today with with my sister. Uh, she was asking me about Berlin and stuff, and I was like, "Well, the first night we uh, met this guy, uh, and he was quite the interesting character." Yeah, he's awesome. So if you're listening, Matthias, thanks again for the hospitality while we were in Berlin. He's not listening. Um, God damn it, Jared! You do this every time. <laughs> All right. So Klumpek look manau round as a lime. Yeah, I, I got nothing. I got nothing. My uh, let me, let me, is weak today. Let me try to let me try to give give you a clue here. Um, all right, Jared. So say you're cooking something, and uh, and you're you're going to use some limes. And as every uh, smart person who cooks, you should always wash your fruits and vegetables before you consume them or chop them up or do whatever. Right, including limes. I mean, I, I might. You never know. Maybe, maybe you don't do this with limes. I'm just showing that I'm a horrible <laughs> cook here. But if I you were to wash a, a lime... Maybe that's why, because I did just use a lime the other day. So There you go. Um, so you cook your lime, and then you try to grab it 
it's too wet and it slips out of your hands. Okay. I still don't understand where the untranslatable would come in. I mean, if, 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 if you cut the lime and it wasn't round, you could probably get a good hold of it, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Or if it's oh, round, so, oh, is it like you, Butterfingers? Like you're a Butterfingers? It more is related to a person. Clumsy. Crafty and slippery. Uh, round as a lime. Of clumsy. <laughs> right. Okay. Being crafty and slippery. So there you uh, go. Okay. Hmm. Okay. It's interesting, interesting that they right? consider limes slippery. Like I said, I guess if they're wet, they <laughs> might be so. a little slippery. I don't know. Uh, all right. So uh, my last one is Czech. And I have to give a, a special thanks to Pavlina for uh, sending this one my way. And it is Pro jedno kviti slunce nesvieti. Well, jedno means another. Or it round. actually means one. <laughs> okay. It actually means one. Oh, yeshte jedno means another is, one. Is, yeah, another one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And okay. this means the sun doesn't shine for just one flower. Hmm. It means we're all beautiful uh, angels. Not quite. Or so it's like we, we have a we have an untranslatable. What has to do with fish? Oh, there's plenty of fish in the sea. Yes, sir. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I, I don't. I don't buy into that whole soulmate crap. Maybe that's because you haven't found your soulmate yet, Jared. That's actually very <laughs> likely. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I agree with you, though. At least I do like. I I would be willing to bet there is that type of untranslatable in a lot of different languages. Oh, for sure. I think I said mm-hmm. one of those before in a different language a while ago. Right, right, because I think we've all needed to be consoled after a difficult breakup mm-hmm. um, and be told, hey, it's all right. You're mm-hmm. not the only flower. The sun shines for, doesn't shine for just one flower. So there you go. Maybe when you're getting all sad about, you know, some breakup or something, what someone will do might be hug you. But some mm-hmm. people might be like, whoa, this is not proper uh, etiquette. Uh, this is my attempt at a segue. As uh, you just look on blankly at me. <laughs> no, I, I um, caught it. I caught it. First, so we're talking about uh, body language and sort of like different um, different sort of ways people communicate with uh, each other that it does not involve verbal communication, which made me think of one of the greatest movies on earth. This is an exaggeration. Uh, Hitch <laughs> featuring Will Smith and Kevin James. Mm-hmm. 60% of all human communication is, is nonverbal body language. Granted, this is from a movie with Will Smith and Kevin James, so I don't know if that's scientifically true, but that's like the first line of the movie. Um, I would say there's some truth to it. The number might oh, not I'd be agree. right. Yeah, but- exactly. That's what I mean. There's definitely truth to it. My, one of my biggest struggles as far as body language goes, and then we'll get into other people because this is really about us, uh, is eye contact. I'm terrible at eye contact. <laughs> My sister and I were wait, we went to breakfast this morning, and she, we were talking and looking at each other, and and, she, and I was like, "What are you looking at?" She's like, "You," and I was like, "Oh, I thought there's something <laughs> on my face." <laughs> oh, that's funny. I get so uncomfortable. I was like, "Is there something on my face?" I don't know what it is, but I, I can't do eye contact. Um, another As Jared one? avoids eye contact with me while he's. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, another one that always c- catches me off guard is the cheek kisses. That one is another one that oh, we'll, we'll sure. have to get into. For sure. There's a whole there's a whole lot of etiquette around that one. 
So first, let's talk about um, let's talk about greeting each other. Okay, let's do it. What, what are what are some of your popular go to greetings for people? Physical, obviously not verbal. Sir, sir, did no. That um, uh, physically, I mean, it depends on the person. So if it's usually someone older than me that I don't know super well, uh, normal traditional Western handshake, right? Mm-hmm. I say Western handshake. Why I say that is because. In the West, especially in the United States, you're supposed to greet someone with a firm handshake, right? And with your right hand. Yes, and with your right hand. Mm -hmm. Um, Exactly. Um, Have you ever had someone come at you with a left hand and you're like, what are you doing? I've actually actually shook people's hands with my left hand because either their their right hand was holding something or mine was. Oh, that's Um, different. You always kind of joke about it. Um, Yeah. Like, oh, sorry, sorry, wrong hand. (laughs) Which makes me mad as a lefty because it's not the wrong hand. It's just a different hand. But anyways, um, I digress. But the thing is with handshakes... um, I never know how long you should shake the, like how long, how many shakes mm-hmm. and how long do you hold it? And it seems like a lot of people here in the Czech Republic shake hands for a really long time. And I always, I always feel awkward because I start to, you know, like loosen my grip and they're still like gripping yep. it and shaking it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, no, no, I just feel really awkward. Cool. Dude, I hate those extended uh, uh, handshakes where they're like already like mid, like mid conversation and just holding onto your yep, hand. They're still shaking it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I hate that. God, I hate that. Which um, is funny because I showed my students a video that was, uh, it was from Conan O'Brien's show and he was at a Southern uh, etiquette school. Mm. And what the, in, in I think North or South Carolina, and what the woman told him was, in her cute little southern accent, two pumps and then down, is what she said. <laughs> so so basically, I, I wish that was more uh, accepted or more well-known in other places, because it would just be nice that, you know, one, two, and then you're done with your handshake. Well, let's talk about how people shake in other countries. Let's do it. Um, so let's start with, apparently, visitors to China want to lighten their grip and folks introducing themselves... Oh, excuse me. Let me start over. On the surface, it may seem pretty straightforward, but a handshake isn't as simple as it seems. Uh, it's right hand only in the Middle Eastern countries, where the yeah. left hand and is Africa. considered... Okay, well, there you go. Where the uh, left hand is considered unclean. That made me a little mm-hmm. mad. <laughs> you know why, though, right? Because they... Oh. Uh, is it have anything to do with eating slash... What is it? Uh, a- I after I eating. Okay, that's after what I thought, eating. but I don't want to make that yeah. assumption. And I'm yeah, so, so at <laughs> least I, I don't know about the Middle East, but I do know in Africa, in certain countries in Africa, uh, the left hand is known as the wiping hand. And I think it might also be the case in India as well, but that's I could I be wrong. Say. I'm not sure either, but I was thinking of the same right. thing. Right. So so yeah, so you never, so never want to give a gift with your left hand. Um, pass food with your left hand, shake with your left hand, anything like that in some of those countries. They say that it's important to note that in these countries, visitors should wait for members of the opposite sex to extend a hand. I don't know what that means. Someone's got to... So who? If I'll, I'll, too- trans- I'll translate it for you. That means that women should offer their hand first. Okay, okay. I didn't know if yeah. they meant that meant men should offer their hand first or women should offer their hand first. I think, well, and, and see, here's the thing. I think... At least I have some friends from Saudi Arabia, from Egypt, from Morocco, from Tunisia, and they have, you know, all, you know, more Arabic cultured countries. And they all have told me that generally speaking, you do not engage in any physical contact, even a mm-hmm. handshake with a woman, unless it's your family or you know them fairly well. And generally, 
Now, I don't know if it's true or not that the women tend to offer the handshake first. I'm not really sure. I've never been to the Middle East before, but I think with most of the things we'll be discussing today, the best way to figure these things out is just to observe and be smart about it. Yep. They say Germans uh, stop with one firm downward yank. I haven't yeah, noticed I think that's that. about true. I haven't noticed that. I've noticed some extended handshakes coming from Germans. Uh, not sure what to do if your hand is dirty or wet. There are country-specific procedures. In Morocco, you touch the back of your right hands. Um, uh, in Rwanda, you uh, grab wrists. Uh, okay. Which I kind of like that. I like that sort of. Uh, uh, it's like you're a pirate when you do that. <laughs> that seems very piratey <laughs> to me. Um, in Botswana, things are more complicated, even when hands are clean. Their uh, local mm-hmm. handshape has multiple steps that should be completed as follows Clasp right hand, shake up and down once, interlock thumbs, raise your arms to the right angle, grasp hands again, then release to a relaxed shake. That's going full dap at that point. I, I like that one. Can I just say, if if it were my choice, I would go fist bump all day long. Yeah, it's sanitary. I'm with you on that. It's quick. It's easy. Um, don't got to feel nobody's clammy hands. Mm-hmm. Just a quick boom, and you're done. You know what they recommend in um, in schools here in the U.S. What's that? Uh, is fist the bump? El- the elbow. They recommend elbows in some schools. <laughs> right. Just makes sense. It's all- more sanitary. Yeah, for sure. It just looks dumb. Like um, fun, fun fact, Jared. Did you know you pass more germs, I believe, doing a handshake than you do kissing someone? I'd believe that. I mean, my hand touches way more stuff than my mouth does. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> uh, on some days. Uh, st- <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so let's, uh, um, let's get some different ones. Uh, in Tibet, do you know what they do in Tibet? Uh, no idea. They stick out their tongue. And this tradition started back um, when they had this terrible king a long time ago. And it all began with monks who would stick out their tongues to show that they come in peace. Because, uh, and they, excuse me, and they weren't the reincarnation of a cruel ninth, ninth century king known for having a black tongue. So they're like, I'm good, bro. Look at this clean uh, tongue. Oh, nice. That's cool. I like that one. Okay. So there's in, in uh, I never know how to say this, Qatar, Qatar, Qatar. Yemen, uh, Oman, um, they bump noses, which we have a term for that in the U.S., which I think is offensive nowadays. Are you allowed to say, probably. Are you allowed to say that it's anymore? It's called an Eskimo kiss, but yeah, it's probably offensive. Uh, I mean, yeah. you, could, you, could call it, you could call it what people call it when, when pets do it, which would be a boop. Okay. Boop uh, would be probably less offensive, maybe. But apparently, like this is this is not just like a like a with people you know well. This is like a business context you do that, where it's oh, like a, in a business setting. Like, boom. That, that that would weird me out a little bit. Like going to a business conference room and just yeah. Oh, oh, okay, we're we're really doing this. All right. But I guess it'd be even more offensive if they're all used to that and you go in for a handshake and they're like, all right, uh, I see how right. it is. You, right. you don't you don't trust me or something. Um, now. One I mentioned, probably one of the most popular ones, the air kiss. The air kiss in itself is a whole stressful, stressful situation. Just thinking about it, I'm starting to sweat like I was. What, when I was do, what do you mean the air music. kiss? Can you can you give me some? The air some kiss info. is the and it, the numbers depends on where you're at, but it's where you do like the cheek, the cheek. Ah, uh, but you don't actually kiss the cheek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you I like see what touch cheeks essentially and kiss in right. the air. And right. um, so there are a couple different uh, 
standards. Are you familiar with the different standards without looking? Could you tell me how many num- the number of kisses you do in different areas? So let me ask you this. For example, if mm-hmm. you were in Argentina, Chile, Peru, Mexico, uh, or apparently specifically Sao Paulo, Brazil, or Colombia. One on each side. Good job. Good job. One on each side. Uh, no, I take that back. Uh, <sighs> I, you said one. And that would th- that's what threw me off. No, it's just one, one on each side. Oh, but it's, it's just, just one, one air kisses standard, not one on each side. Uh-huh, I see. Okay. In Spain, Portugal, Quebec, Paraguay, Italy, the Philippines, and Paris, that's two. And that, that would see. be the back and forth, one on each side. Right. Don't they sometimes do even more than that in Paris? Uh, well, in Paris, they just make out. Uh, and Russia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. In Russia and Ukraine and some parts of France, they do three. Okay. And after three, I'm like, come on, come on. Three's a lot. And sometimes they say up to four. And I'm like, hey, come on. This is too much. Right. Uh, and so it's obviously it adds a, a level of complexity, like if you get into gender roles and relationships. Because apparently sure. – um, in all the countries we mentioned before, obviously, you know, because women are way less uh, uh, concerned with their sexuality as men are. So y- women are usually going to air kiss each other and no matter what the, uh, what the culture is. Um, right. And men and women in most of those that I named before will, will also do the air kiss. But um, only in Ar- Argentina is it routine. Although I think also Italy, at least from my experience. Okay. Um, it's... Um, it's but they say Argentina specifically, uh, or one of the few ones where men will air kiss each other. And really, it's all just uh, this fake masculinity stuff. Um, but you know, if you don't want to air kiss, you know, listen, uh, we we don't know each other like that. If you're in New Zealand, uh, forget the kissing. But it is uh, they have something called a tri- uh, a hungi, which is like you just rub uh, you just rub uh, your your forehead and nose together really interesting mm-hmm. okay uh i was seeing where you were gonna go with that when, when you kept saying rub i was like oh where, where are you gonna take this <laughs> <laughs> what you just rub each other's crotches or something <laughs> hey i'm who you know who am i to judge jared that's who, true. who am that's I to true judge? <laughs> that'd be hilarious um and then in uh malaysia it's the formal thing to do is to uh, take the opposite hand, person's hand, lightly in yours, then release mm-hmm. the other person's hands and bring your hand to your chest and nod slightly to symbolize goodwill and an open heart. It's polite like for the one. other person to return the gesture. Uh, not that uh, note. Excuse me. Not, note that men should wait for the local women to extend a hand. And I think it's similar to what you were saying before. Right. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Right. This is, this, like, as I mentioned, as Will Smith, a.k.a. Hitch, said, uh, 60% of all human communication is nonverbal. This adds a lot of stress to me. Like, this is a lot of stress (laughs) for me. I remember when I was in, last time I was in France, and, like, we were meeting students, and they did the air kisses. And Mm. it's just a lot of pressure, you know? I can just picture you not being comfortable in that situation. I I don't like people really touching me. But, uh, you know, when in in France, you do what you got to do. I'm not going to be that one person like, nah, nah, nah. That's that's way worse. (laughs) Right, for sure. I'd much rather just put myself in uncomfortable situations than be like, no. Not not feeling it. <laughs> right. That's when uh, you got to just turn your head and give him a kiss on the lips. No, don't do that. <laughs> I 
I mean, that is that's one of the fears where it's like we're gonna like start on the wrong side and just right. kiss each other on the mouth. Um, in Greenland in Tuvalu, have you heard of Tuvalu? Uh uh-uh. uh I'm gonna look it up. Tuvalu. Tuvalu. Oh, okay. Tuvalu is in the South Pacific. It's an independent island nation within the British Commonwealth, and it's nine island com- uh, that compromise of a bunch of small islands. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Tuvalu and Greenland, they sniff each other's faces. Hmm. There's nothing quite like the smell of someone you love or someone you've just met. <laughs> I, guess, I guess so. <laughs> uh, in Greenland, kunik, the Inuit tradition of placing your nose and upper lip against someone's cheek or forehead and sniffing is limited to very close relationships. But on the island of Tuvalu, pressing cheeks together and taking a deep breath is still part of the traditional Polynesian welcome for visitors. Hmm. All right. I mean, okay. Interesting. So we've talked a little bit about greetings, Jared, mm-hmm. and, and the proper way to greet. Mm-hmm. I would like to discuss hand gestures a little bit. Because okay. cross-culturally, hand gestures can have some very different meanings. Um, so uh, the first one I would like to discuss, which uh, can be very controversial depending on where you are, is the uh, the kind of the curling the index finger with a palm facing up. For our people watching on YouTube, it's when you kind of go like this. Mm-hmm. Which we use like, like as in, come like here. come here, come here, and right? It is, it, but it is even for us. I would say it's kind of not offense. I mean, not, I guess it is offensive, but it is sort of like condescending. Something like your parents do. Yes, like, come here. Yeah. Like you're in trouble. Come here, right? Well, here's the thing. So this is a common gesture in the U.S., also parts of Europe to like come closer. Right? I might do that actually. Where yeah, I, might, I would do I like might, a full. I would do a full hand. Full hand, exactly. The finger thing seems kind of condescending to me. It does. But here's the thing. In other countries, however, such as China, um, Malaysia, Singapore, and the Philippines, um, it's considered extremely impolite to use this gesture with people. They only use this gesture to beckon dogs in Asian countries. And fun fact, Mm. in the Philippines, if you do this gesture, the come here gesture, uh, it can get you arrested. Whoa. Yep. So be very careful with that gesture and do not use it in the Philippines. The next one I want to discuss is um, the kind of rock and roll symbol. It's where your index finger and your pinky are out and your other fingers are, um, I guess, like you make like a fist with it. In the States, we use this as like a rock on symbol. Or if you're from Texas, it's a Texas longhorn symbol. Grab the bull Um, by the horns. That's right. However, um, in different countries, such as Mediterranean and Latin countries, uh, countries such as Argentina, Brazil, Colombia, Cuba, Spain, Italy, and Portugal... Believe it or not, this sign is a signal to um, show someone or tell someone that their spouse is cheating on them. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's like a pretty, subtle way to be like, bro, bro, bro. Pretty crazy, so you know, right? Yeah. Just so you know. Right. Which is really funny, though, because in English, if you stick your thumb out, so then, so you have your thumb out, your index, and your pinky, that means I love you. Really? Oh, England, you mean? In, in, in the US. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, this is I love you. Did you um, know that? Yeah, oh yeah. I wouldn't have said that had I not known it. I thought um, you read it yeah. somewhere. I, I don't know. No, no. <laughs> I've no, never known that before. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so don't be doing the rock on symbol or the longhorn symbol um, unless you want to freak one of your friends out in Brazil yeah. um, or other countries like that. One of, um, so yeah. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites uh, is the peace sign. 
Uh huh. Not to do, but because if you hold your hand the wrong way and you're in the UK, for example, mm-hmm. you're essentially telling someone to fuck off. Yeah. Uh, it's like the middle finger for us, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. So which way? Which way is the peace, and which way is f off? Pe- peace is when your palm is facing forward. Okay. You can see the fingers. Mm-hmm. F off is more like a V, like when you turn your hand, and so your knuckles are facing okay. outwards. So that's okay. And I think it's more more countries than just England. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I'd believe I think it. In some Asian countries as well, it's um, also a bad one. Um, what's interesting too is so in the U.S. we use we'll put our thumb and our index finger together, making kind of a circle, and have our our. Uh, middle ring and pinky fingers up, and in American English, I'm gonna and maybe, screen cap that and save it and say Chad's a white supremacist. Oh God! Oh yeah, it does mean that, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, that's now a very controversial thing to, right. to do these days. Well, before the white supremacists ruined it, it used to mean okay, <laughs> right, or everything's right. all right. You know, it's also well, the symbol mm-hmm. that uh, a black fraternity, the Kappas, use. That's like their symbol. Okay. So they nice. they put that up as well. Uh, and I assume okay. the black fraternity is not using it as a white supremacy symbol. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. But what's interesting is France and Germany, if you do the OK symbol, it actually means zero or nothing. In Japan, mm-hmm. if you're in a professional setting, this means money. We kind of mm. go like this. like we, Yeah, rubbing our... Uh, we rub our, our index and our middle finger and our thumb together, and that means like something is like money or expensive. Mm-hmm. And now what's interesting, though, is this OK sign in some Mediterranean and Arabic countries... That gesture can actually also be an obscenity. Oh, so it's kind of interesting the different um, the different types of hand gestures and what they mean in other countries. Um, what's yeah, also I mean, interesting nowadays, I give like, and whenever I see that symbol, I'm automatically giving the side eye to someone. Like, all right, wh- why is this symbol being used? Like, you just never know. I don't know. Right. It's so divisive these days. Yeah. Oh, definitely. What else is interesting too? So in the United States. Um, we tend to wave goodbye like with our palm out and we move it right to left or left to right, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in countries, in some parts of Europe and Latin America, this can actually be a signal for no. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I mean, that makes sense. We, I right? mean, I guess you do that like if someone's like offering you more of something, you're like, no, 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 no. I'm, that's, right. I've had enough. Right, right. Uh, and then in Malaysia, you should not point with your index finger. But what's interesting is you can point with your thumb in Malaysia. Hmm. How do you feel about those people like those, that point with their middle finger? I never understand that move. There, the, uh, there are some countries where they do that. I forget which countries. Um, I don't know. It doesn't really bother me. I mean, as long as it's clear you're not flipping flipping me the bird or for right. our non-native English speakers, um, uh, using your middle finger to insinuate, fuck you, um, mm-hmm. I'm okay mm-hmm. with it. I, I don't see it as a big problem. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, all right, so we've talked about hands a little bit. Now I want to talk about legs and feet. Hmm. Okay. So one of the worst things you can do in the Middle East, if you want to offend someone, and a student of mine actually told me about this one day. I was uh, teaching an ESL class, and I had some students from Saudi Arabia. And I had my legs crossed. Um, thankfully, my foot was not um, in their direction, but they, it was a really good opportunity for them to uh, give me some cultural enlightenment, which I really appreciated at the time. Basically, if you sit cross-legged and if you point the sole of your foot or sole of your shoe at someone in Asia or in the Middle East, this is seen as very disrespectful. Um, 
I know, especially in the Middle East, feet and shoes are viewed as something that's very kind of unsanitary and dirty. Mm-hmm. And so it's Remember not that guy threw his shoe at George Bush? I do. And I, it's the most I kind impressive of, thing I've ever seen George Bush do. I kind of <laughs> love watching that video, though, because you it's see hilarious. George W. Bush's face when he dodges the first one. And yeah. he knows the second one's going to be thrown at him. And he dodges. Oh, man. But yeah, and that's uh, the thing. That's like super disrespectful. I would assume right. that's probably the equivalent of saying, go fuck yourself. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, especially assume. throwing it. Even if even right. if shoe, even if shoes weren't considered or feet weren't considered unsanitary, throwing your shoe at someone's pretty offensive. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, I think there's an extra level of 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 fu because I think it is considered very dirty and kind of gross to do that. Right. Oh, for sure. Which so makes sense. Right. It's a foot. So we we discussed countries where they do either the air kiss or. I know at least in some Middle Eastern cultures, men will give each other a peck on the lips as a greeting, mm-hmm. uh, men to men. And in some um, Middle Eastern countries, they hold hands too. Yep. Men hold mm-hmm. hands. Yes, they do. Um, it's a sign of friendship and, and brotherhood and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting how different cultures view different things like you know uh, body language and hand gestures and everything else. Well, right. It's interesting. So in some cultures, obviously, people will use their lips as a greeting. More, you know, kiss each other or whatever. However, mm-hmm. in many Asian countries, PDA in general, public displays of affection, holding hands, kissing, hugging in public, is considered too intimate uh, and should not be displayed in public. So if you are from a country that does the air kiss or even kisses people on the cheek, I would refrain from doing that in most Asian countries because it is considered too intimate and should not be done in public. So there you go. However, if you're in Europe, there are a lot of European countries that I've been to, Germany, uh, when I was in Czech Republic, I noticed this, France, Italy, mm-hmm. Spain, um, they're very comfortable with PDA. And yep. it's not Too uncommon to see people like making out in the streets and stuff like that. Yep. And PDA makes me uh, shocking, shocking news, everyone. PDA makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, right. And so like even like holding hands kind of makes me uncomfortable. One is just like, I don't know, it's like, this is not, I don't know, it's just not, not that it's not comfortable, but it's just like not free, like I feel so restricted. That's what it is. I feel very restricted holding hands. Right. The the other thing that I really dislike with hand holding is like some people prefer to have their hands like on the top or the bottom or like the mm-hmm. outside or the inside. And when you're with somebody and that doesn't ma- match up, it always feels a little weird. I just had that situation the other day <laughs> where uh, uh, I have a lady friend and we were walking down the street. And she grabbed my hand and she like put hers behind and I was like, this feels weird. And and, yeah. and she's like, but when we do it the other way, she's like, she's like, but this feels weird. So essentially just one of us had to be uncomfortable. And I'm like, we don't have, I didn't say this, uh, but I was like, we don't have to do this at all. <laughs> it's when you lock arms with her, man. Uh, oh, do one of those yeah. uh, dosi classy man. Yeah, lock lock <laughs> arms with her, or put your arm on her on her on her hip or on her shoulder. But I, I feel you. Honestly, I'd I just prefer to just walk uh, by uh, unassisted. <laughs> right. You you are a grown man. You are a pretty pretty damn good walker at that. That's Thank for you. sure. Um, yeah. Uh, it's interesting though. I don't know if we touched on this as well, but um, eye contact. I know you mentioned it, but eye contact yes. also has different meanings in different cultures. Mm-hmm. So in the West, we tend to view eye contact as being something positive. I um, mean, you should have strong eye contact, right? It means you're yes. listening to someone. Very respectful. It means you're trustworthy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Respectful. It has a lot of meanings, right? And this is also similar in Spain, Greece, and also many Arab countries. However, in Finland and in Japan, 
Um, generally speaking, um, people tend to avoid eye contact and only seek eye contact at the beginning of a conversation. And I've also heard in some Asian countries, um, age hierarchy is very mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. And it's seen as very disrespectful to um, make eye contact with someone for prolonged periods of time. And I've heard if it's someone who's your elder, you shouldn't really make eye contact with them at all. So it's kind of interesting. I heard that too. Like it's almost kind of a aggressive move to like like you're staring. It's almost like it's not. It's, it's like a it's past eye contact, and it's like yeah, you're like staring them down almost. Right. Uh, man, maybe I need to move to either Finland or Japan. Uh, I guess will be so. Like, oh, huh? this guy is so respectful. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Give him a promotion. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. No, and I've actually noticed that um, here in the U.S., I've been in situations where I have to. Especially if it's say like a you know professional situation of some sort, like I have to, even though it makes me uncomfortable, sometimes I have to actively force myself to do it because I have noticed people almost like like uh, searching for my eye contact, like you know almost like you know like trying to get at get right. at it, you know. And, right. and I just sometimes I have to accept it, but it's it is very hard for me to just uh, like I, I don't know, like it, I get uncomfortable for some reason. Right. But yeah, it is. So- uh, you so do it. I, I do want to mention here. touch as well. So Northern Europe and the Far East are classified as non-contact cultures, which means there's very little physical contact beyond a handshake with people they don't know well. Um, even accidentally brushing someone's arm in the street uh, can warrant an apology. However, there are also high contact cultures, such as the Middle East, uh, Latin America, Southern Europe, where physical touch is a big part of socializing. Now, it, it also is needs to be said in the Arab world and the Middle East, it's generally within the same gender. So like we mentioned, men may hold hands and kiss each other in greeting, mm-hmm. but men would not do this uh, with a woman. And then in Thailand and Laos, it's taboo to touch anyone's head, even children. In South Korea, elders can touch younger people with force when trying to get through a crowd, but younger people cannot do the same. So it's kind of interesting. And I think in the United States, though, although we do a handshake and I guess we're not super against PDA, I would say we are not nearly as open with body contact as other countries are. And in the States, I remember being in school and you're taught the personal space bubble, right? Yeah. And so it's always fun explaining this concept (laughs) to my students because in the Czech Republic, I think they don't quite have the same kind of thing. Hmm. You know, and I think a lot of countries as well that have very populated places and cities, especially public transit, you know, you're not going to be able to have your own personal space. You're going to be crammed right. in a in a subway or a tram or something. And you so I think certain I've heard certain countries, especially South Korea and China and Japan, where, you know, there's a lot of people in one place, um, you know, the whole rule of personal space is completely different than what we have in the United States. And I think that's also similar to like uh like a uh, like personal space as far as just having a even if you're not touching, just having a, a normal conversation. Like in some of those and a lot of those countries that you mentioned that they're known for being uh, more physical and just normal conversation, they also right. um, tend to stand much closer to one another when they talk. Mm-hmm. Um, where we're like for that's a great example of the U.S. and the personal space thing. It's very weird. Like, like there is a like when you're having conversations, there's a good amount of space between people. They're not up in people's grills like that. Right, right. And people will get weirded out if you try to go too close into their 
mm-hmm. personal space, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, so it's it's really really interesting how all that stuff works. It's it's really hard to believe. Another one that uh, that I like is is the with your arms is just general talking with your hands, mm-hmm. because if you're in a country like Italy, or um, or even like the U.S., for example, I would say this counts. Like it's it's pretty common to be very uh, very like now I'm overly doing it, but it's very common to be very expressive with your hands. And in Italy specifically, if you're like if you not really like that, if you're kind of just standing still, it's sort of assumed that you're not interested or you're not into the conversation. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a place like Japan, where we've made it clear that they're not really a, a, a physical people. Uh, it's it's a little impolite to to go crazy with with the arms and and, and the hands and the in the conversation. Oh, definitely. definitely. But if as I said, if you're in Italy, they're like, oh, you're not interested in what we're talking about. You're standing there and not moving. Right, right. And it's interesting how other cultures view engagement in conversations and everything else. Did you know that in Bulgaria and in Greece, um, nodding is the opposite. So like I, nodding, I have heard that up and means, down is a that negative. Means yeah. No, and then side to side means yes. God, that would be so confusing, right? And I've heard, <laughs> I've heard in India they they do a like a oh yeah like a mm-hmm. like a side to side, but like you don't turn your head. You, like, it's more you, like a yeah, that's terrible. It's more like a, a bobble kind of almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've I've seen I've seen a lot of that. I have um some Indian friends, and and they're they're way better at that than you are. <laughs> um, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Obviously, um, c- can we talk about spe- uh, specifically Italians because they're known for their hand gestures? Sure. Um, so, for example, a common one is the uh, thumb touching all four of your fingers and just sort of shaking your hand, okay. like you hold your hand backwards and shaking it. And when people portray the Italian, and that's sort of like the Italian stereotype. Like if you're going to do an accent, most people are going to add this hand to it. Right. Uh, And it can be- Hundreds of memes with that hand gesture too. (laughs) And it can be used to, uh, like it's it's got a whole lot of meanings. Like it's a very uh, versatile uh, Really? Okay. Interesting. It means what the hell are you saying? Or what the hell do you want? Uh, It's often used in conversation, even when on the phone or talking to themselves. Forget about it. And it's often an involuntary gesture that's just a natural part of uh, of conversation. So it it both has a very specific meaning, but it's also just a natural part of conversation. And um, what? Okay, sorry. Another one is, uh, and I gotta. Okay, oh, this is weird. The uh, there's a couple um, get lost or f off ones. I guess this one okay. would be could be one of them. Okay. Uh, with this one, people listening, I did the uh, typical, st- the stereotypical Italian move. This is fun to do. <laughs> uh, now they're trying to explain it, and what it looks like is you have your hand like this, and you sort mm-hmm. of go up and down like that, which means get lost. Okay. Or another really? one. Really? Okay. Is sort of the pointy guns. Uh, pew pew finger yeah. guns. <laughs> And the subtlety of this gesture often confuses non-Italians who fail to grasp the, uh, its subtle meaning. It usually involves an outstretched arm that is chopped up and down, often accompanied by a gent- by a gent- uh, by a sweetly smiling face, <laughs> which means get lost. <laughs> so oh, like, that's great. Get the fuck out that's of great. here. Uh, okay. Interesting. Good to know. Uh, despite the mixed signals, the message is uh, 100% get lost. Okay. Uh, 
and that's and, and and they say get lost is the polite action the polite uh translation of that actually uh but uh be warned oh wait uh oh it's it's commonly used so once uh, anyone has mastered the irony of this gesture, they should feel free to deploy it at will. But be warned, it can turn nasty, usually, uh, usually signified when the arm swinging looks as if uh, you're, about to turn in, uh, you're about to turn it into a slap. Oh, maybe that has something to do with it. Okay, interesting. Interesting. Ti faccio, faccio un coso così. Here, hands are held out at waist level, uh, several inches apart. Thumbs are stuck out in the index finger used to indicate either side of the gap between uh, indi- used to indicate either side of the gap between them. This literally means I'll kick you so hard uh, your bu- in your buttocks uh, that your butt will fall apart. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> this is hilarious. It's already uh, broken, Jared. It's got a crack in the middle. There's another one. <laughs> there's another one where uh, you do th- you do this where it's like a you know your forearm sort of like you're about to s- like you're saluting from your chest from your heart. Yeah. Okay. And that gesture involves a forearm uh, held horizontally against the stomach, and that means I can't stand with you. Uh, I can't stand you. Excuse me. It's like listen, bro. You got to get out of here. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Whew, man, I could keep going. There's so many. Uh, so if you were to scratch uh, in your groin area, uh, that um, the gesture involves using your left hand specifically, apparently, to mimic scratching uh, your left testicle. Italian men do this anytime, anywhere, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're feeling itchy. In Italy, search, uh, scratching down there is believed to keep evil spirits away and is done whenever uh, a vaguely sinister event transpires. It's almost kind of like uh, us knocking on wood almost. <laughs> right, for sure. Interesting. Uh, that's hilarious. We're Random <laughs> topic idea. We should do uh, superstitions in different places. I think we have done that before, haven't we? Did we? Uh, I believe we have. I'm going to check, but I feel like we have. Okay. I, I can tell you. I'm not sure. I know we've done holidays and different like things like that. Maybe we did do superstitions. Huh. Anyways, uh, I think uh, I think this has been absolutely fantastic, Jared. Uh, I hope our listeners out there have learned some new things about body language and gestures, what to avoid, and what certain ones mean in different cultural contexts. Or, or how to expertly curse someone out in Italy. Exactly, exactly. Or keep <laughs> the evil spirits away. Uh, that's for sure. I wonder what women do, though. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Do they just not have evil oh. spirits? Uh, I don't know. Um... While you're looking, though, Jerry, is it cool if I start us off with the uh, song of the pod for today? Uh, the equivalent for women is touching the left breast with your right hand. Oh, interesting. Okay. There you there go. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, I know I you're excited like, to talk about this song. I am. I am. So the song for this week is called May Hello. I, real quick. Uh-huh. Episode 47, Superstitions and Why We Believe Them. There you go. All right. Uh, perfect. Check that episode out on Translatable Podcast. So, today we will be talking about Hello Anxiety by, uh, I believe it's pronounced Fum Viferit, and he is a Thai artist that actually spent a lot of time uh, of his childhood in New Zealand. Yeah, I think he still lives there now. I'm not sure. I thought he moved back to Thailand to study at university, but anyways. Oh, okay. um, Well, he's 23. I I thought thought maybe he was done. But uh, could be. Either way. Either way. 
Uh, first of all, that that was like the one thing I Googled about him because I was like, how is his English so flawless? And he writes really good lyrics, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I at first I thought, you know, if he's spent all of his time in Thailand and English is his second language, how can he possibly write lyrics as good? But then it made sense when I read that he was in New Zealand with his parents. Yeah. Um, but this song is... So Jared sent it my way, and I have to say, I've become a huge fan of this guy. Um, he's I, signed by Rats Records, which is a Thai record company, and he's absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, I wanted to get your opinion because uh, I liked it, and uh, in in these days that this song is... My, my anxiety's peaking these days uh, as an unemployed person. And this song really spoke to me. And I'm always curious, much like when I recommended Tom Mish, which was a, we had a, him as a song of the pot a while ago. I'm always interested to get your opinion on a guitar player because Fum, he apparently right. used to play drums as well. Yeah. But um, it seemed like he stopped more just because he was annoying people. <laughs> right. Like his neighbors, I think is what they said. And he picked up the guitar. And um, I always want to get your opinion because, you know, I, I liked it, but I don't I, I don't know. Maybe maybe you'd listen to it and be like, this guy is so derivative or this guy is like, you call this good guitar? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> so I have to say I really like the way he plays and also the way the band behind him plays. The song How itself, you- Hello Anxiety, has a super funky groove to it. Mm-hmm. The guitar chords, um, I've actually been watching the video and I can tell you the majority of the chords he uses, sorry for all of our non-music this has been a engaged listeners right now, but I'm going to get into some music theory here. He uses a lot of major seventh chords, major seven, nine chords, minor seventh chords. These all have kind of a funky, jazzy, groovy feel to them, which really gives the song, um, just gives it that atmosphere. It's not your typical four chord punk, uh, punk song, four chord pop song by any means. It's got a lot of really interesting and funky chords. And then the way he mutes the guitar while he plays it gives it a, also a really nice groove to it. Um, it's really funny because when I before I listened to the song, I saw the title Hello Anxiety. I was like, oh, great. This is going to be a depressing, sad, slow song. No, it's and fun. it's got a really nice beat. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Fun is a great word to describe it. Uh, there's a, uh, there's a um, rapper I like, a uh, singer-rapper. His name is Fonte. And you've mentioned a couple times uh, about the seventh and ninth chord, and every time I hear you say that, it reminds me of a, he has a song literally called Sevenths and Ninths, and okay. his, and uh, let me just read a quick lyric of it because this has nothing to do with, but he well it does he says when is a chord more than the chord when you need to say what's inside you need a chord that you just can't ignore you need a seventh or ninth <laughs> yeah he's right and uh, and I I never really I mean I love that song but I never really knew what that has to do with anything. And yeah. you've talked so much about seventh and ninth over the past couple of weeks that now that song is just burned into my head. <laughs> I'll have to give that a listen, but he's right. I mean, it's really amazing. You know, chords generally are, consist of three three notes. Some more music theory bonus addition for our listeners. Some music theory today. Mm-hmm. the The notes of a general chord are, uh, or a major chord would One, be three the, five. The, very good. What What would be a minor chord, Jared? Uh, one uh, parada for me. One, three, and five, but the third chord is is flatted. The third note, yeah. The third note is flat. Yeah, the third is mm-hmm. is flatted. Not the yeah, not the yep. third chord. And, and yeah. that flatted third is what gives the minor the sad sound. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have a minor third or a major third, and then the seventh note is generally the note when you hear it. Um, it it adds two elements to it. It either gives it tension. And you want the note to resolve to a different 
a different chord. Mm-hmm. Or a major seven just has this nice jazzy sound to it. Um, mm. I don't really think there's a resolve to it. With the dominant seven, that's the one that has the resolve. And the minor seven is just a minor chord with that seventh added onto it. And it has, I think, kind of a cool jazzy funky type of sound to it. Now, now back to Foom. How do you feel about uh, as a guitar person, a guitar player? Mm-hmm. What was your opinion on him not using a pick? Do you have any sort of opinion on that? I noticed he was using his hand. I th- I don't know if he actually plays that way. Um, oh, if that's just for the music video, it might just be the music video. I'm not sure. Um, I think it's great. I think I think every guitar player out there, if there are any of our listeners out there who are also guitar nerds like I am, just a little tip. I think every guitar player out there should be proficient with a pick and with their fingers mm. because it it just allows you to really be free and express yourself in a lot of different ways and also be able to use a pick and then use your your uh, your uh, middle finger, ring finger, and pinky to play other strings because with a pick, a pick is great because it gives you a different kind of tone and attack that you can't get with your fingers, but your fingers give you the freedom to... More versatility. Right, you can play two or three notes. I mean, in theory, you can play five notes together, maybe six if you use your thumb on two strings, whereas a pick, you have to strum it, so the mm. notes aren't all being hit at the same exact time. Um, but I love the way he plays. It's really interesting, um, and I think harmonically speaking, the song itself has a lot of cool stuff going on with it, um, and the lyrics are fantastic. I'm a huge fan. I love it. I'm glad you suggested it. I think Great. our listeners will also really enjoy it. Yeah. Hello, Anxiety. Um, check check out Foom. He's fantastic. 23 and years there's old. Actually, exactly. And there's actually a video of them. I just found it on YouTube playing live. Um, and I guarantee you, I think this kid is the type of musician that would sound great live. So mm-hmm. check that out as well, because mm-hmm. I think not all musicians can play live and still be good. I think some of them are too, they're just, there's so much production in the studio that it's not, uh, you can't replicate it live. But I think with his style of music, his style of singing and playing is very replicable and it sounds great. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I like him too. I'm going to look more into him too. I heard about him actually a couple months ago. Uh, I, 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 you know, at Colors, remember we were at... Um, mm-hmm. The schnitzel place in Czech Republic, and they just had colors mm-hmm. on. Uh, he uh, he is. He, I found him on Colors a while ago. And uh, really, what mm-hmm. song was he playing? Uh, come on, Chad. Lover Boy. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I'd have to check. I don't remember. It was a while ago. That's all right. Don't worry about it. Don't don't worry about it. Okay. All right. Well, Jared, I have a special check word of the pod today, and it is rechtela. Rechtela. Any ideas what that means? Mm-mm. Body language, my friend. I could have guessed that one for sure. Uh huh. Okay. All right. So, Jared, I want to um, teach you two more Czech phrases, though, that will be useful for your Czech arsenal the next time we're traveling the Czech Republic together. Who knows when that will be? Um, but here we go. Um, the first one is Vyshechno. Do you remember what that means? No, but I definitely remember hearing it. So vishechno means like everything, or is that all? Okay. So like when you order food, they might ask you vishechno, and that just means like, is that everything? I know, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then the next one, uh, I, I had Vichechno. breakfast at this lovely Vichechno. cafe today, so I got some more food-related vocab for you. The other one is mate vibrano. 
Mate Vibrano. Is Vibrano anything that has to do with cooking something? No. Okay. It's have you decided? Oh, uh, okay, okay. Like, are okay. you ready to order Mate Vibrano? Have you decided? Mate Vibrano. Are you ready to, mm-hmm, are you ready to order? So, Parada. John, what are, what are some uh, Czech words and phrases that you remember? Well, we talked about Yeshde Yedno, which is another round. And Yedno apparently means uh, one. So, I guess it's more of another one rather than another mm-hmm. round. Yep, good. Um... I still remember Zaplatime Plosim, and that mm-hmm. means check, please. Plosim is please. Yep. Um, hmm. I'm trying not to go back to the ones I always do. Um, That's pivo, how you learn, though. You got you to gotta repeat them. Dobri den is good day. Pivo is beer. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember food? Yeah. Shvichkova. Uh, uh, I mean, is, that's a type of food. Oh, you meant the actual word for food. I do yeah. remember food, actually. I see what you're saying. I think you meant dishes. Food is yidlo. Very good. Very yeah. good. Viborni. I, uh, I remember that because it always makes me laugh because it sounds like uh, someone from like California. I'm to get some yidlo, bro. <laughs> right, right. Very true. Uh, All right, well, good job, Jared. I think that's enough for today. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you a harder test maybe next week. Great. So, Jared, I'm very excited. I have an original joke for you. Ooh, my favorite. And the only, the only joke for the pod. This one doesn't 100% make sense, but we're going to try it anyways. So, That's all, okay. <laughs> Off to a great so, start. <laughs> uh, so what do you call Oscar from, the, uh, uh, from Sesame Street when he lives in a trash can? I'm, I was never a uh, Sesame Street watcher. I had cable well, as a kid. Well, you call him <laughs> Oscar the Grouch. Oh, but that's only when he lives in the garbage can? Is he the garage? When he's, when he's in the trash can. I don't know. But what do you call Oscar with bad posture? <laughs> that's great. Oscar the slouch. <laughs> yes, sir. Oscar the slouch. <laughs> uh, maybe that's why he's in such a bad mood all the time. He needs to straighten up. That's true. Uh, he's got to listen to the Untranslatable Podcasts episode mm-hmm. on body language and hand gestures. That's I for agree. sure. I agree. Without a doubt. Well, Jared... We have come to the time. It's time for a quote of the pod. And I think for this episode, for all of our listeners out there, wherever you travel, please be aware of your eyes, lips, nose, and hands, and make Mm -hmm. sure to be very observant of what others are doing. Mm -hmm. Don't forget, also be aware of what you're doing with your feet, especially in Asia and the Middle East. Mm -hmm. Remember when when we met Joanna at at that bar in Prague? And all three of me, you, and Don were all kind of thrown off by the by the cheek kiss thing. Yep. Uh, is that is that a normal thing in Czech Republic for people to do? Um, I think half and half. Okay. I see. I see. Sometimes I don't always see it. Um, okay. But she seems like a very classy, cultured lady, so maybe mm-hmm. that's why. Yes, she's also very friendly too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just like me. <laughs> that, that is, you are friendly, just in different ways, Jared. Uh-huh. In different ways. Well, everybody. We hope this episode has been useful, especially if you plan on traveling to any foreign countries and you aren't betcha. sure of the different body language and gesture that is appropriate there. Um, it was an exciting episode for me because I definitely learned some new things, and we hope you all did as well. Uh, be careful with your eyes, hands, lips, mouths, and feet wherever you may go, uh, and we hope that uh, you all have safe and happy travels or just are doing well while you're listening to this episode. 
So as usual, we thank you all so much for your support. We hope you've enjoyed and learned some new words or phrases, or as we like to call them, untranslatables. And please check out our social media channels, uh, YouTube, Untranslatable Podcast, Instagram, Untranslatable Podcast as well. You can slide into Jared's DMs on Twitter, Untranslatable1, the number one. And let us know if there are any gestures or body language tips. We missed this episode on untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, Yakuya Meh.